When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is a shortened taster version of an episode from the Steve Bloomers Washing Patreon, where you can get an extra Derby County pod from us each month, a welcome pack of stickers and beer mats sent to your house just for joining up, the chance to win brilliant Rams prizes and loads more extra benefits. You can sign up for as little as £3 a month and help support SBW, so head over to Patreon dot com forward slash steve bloomers washing to find out more on with the show Our latest guest on Steve Bloomer's Washing is a former Ram with a truly unique story. After breaking into Derby County's first team as a teenage centre-back, Mark O'Brien appeared to have the world at his feet and a long career ahead of him, but his life was turned upside down when he was diagnosed with a life-threatening heart condition, which years later would force him to retire from the game aged just 27. Uh, before he was forced to quit the game, there was a seven-year stay at Pride Park before moves to Luton and Newport County, where he would famously score an 89th-minute final-day winner, which kept the Welsh side in the Football League in 2017. Clocking up more than 200 games isn't bad for a man who ended up having two major heart surgeries and was told as a teenager he may never play the game again and that his life could even be at risk. Uh, it's not your average footballing story, but he is a fighter and he's with us now. Thanks for joining us, Mark. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm not doing uh, too bad. Yourself? Really? Yeah, really good. Um, saying all that, it is pretty crazy, all the stuff you've been through in a relatively short space of time. But catch us up now then, because you're still in the game now, aren't you, in some capacity. And you have uh, got a book coming out about your incredible story as well, haven't you? Yeah, so like... Till this day now, like I still work at Newport County, like the last team that I played for. And as I said, I'm 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 loving every minute of it. It's like it was one of those things where I also like had the the fight in my mind, do I stay in football, do I not? But because I think it came to an end so like brief like so abruptly, like at, at twenty seven I um 
I decided I wanted to stay at Newport. I wanted to see them be successful. I wanted to stay in football. And like, I, I was fighting a lot of like kind of battles with myself. Do I want to stay in football? Am I always going to regret that I had to retire soon? But I think just, again, the love of football, like I, I have a different perspective on so many things that at least I can still be around to watch football and be part of it. And I think they're the takeaways that I get from it. And I think even recently now, like after releasing a book um, two weeks ago, just having that out there and getting my life story out there, because as you said yourself, it's it's a lot that's gone on in the space of 10, 11 years in my life. And it's stuff that people go through on a daily basis. It's stuff that people will never go through. And it's some stuff that people have gone through and, and never really had their opportunity to talk about it. So I try and be that kind of little advocate for it to, to speak openly and honestly about mental troubles and, and, and the ups and downs of so many different things. And as, as I said, um, it is something that has uh, gone down really well. We, we wanted to take you back a few years first then. So much to ask you about, really, from Derby <clears throat> and uh, and after playing at Pride Park. But uh, it's 14 years ago when you actually broke into Derby's first team now as uh, as a teenager um, with your first appearance for the Rams coming in at the end of the 08-09 season against Watford away. A 3-1 defeat, I believe. But how much do you really remember of, of that game all those years ago? The game itself, probably not as much. I'd always said I'd love to watch it back if I ever had the opportunity to kind of see how it actually went because it was all kind of a whirlwind that, that last week of the season. I remember I got told on the Monday, you're down training with the force team. And I took that and I trained all week with the force team, which was like, obviously it was it was a brilliant experience in itself. And then to find out I was traveling away to Watford not never known I was ever going to play, but to try and travel with a force team and, and be taught of like that was was another amazing time. And again, I remember sitting on the bench um after the first half and I was sitting next, next to Mark Dudley at the time who was sitting on the bench and he was a first-year pro. And I remember he looked over Andy Garner's shoulder to to say um who was going on as substitutes, who was, who was going to be next. And he looked over the shoulder and said, I'll be you're coming on after 60 minutes. And I just remember looking up at like the time board and seeing 57, 58 minutes gone. And all of a sudden felt like the nerves just come over me. And Andy Garner turned around to me and said, right, I'll be, go get warm. And I just jogged up and down this touchline. And I think I was just trying to hold in being sick, if anything, because I just had that many nerves go through me. But I just remember getting back to the bench and Nigel Clough just putting his arm around me and saying, head it and kick it, be a defender. And that's all he said to me. He said, go on and enjoy yourself. And I obviously came on when it was 3-0 down. And I cleared one off the line. And um, we scored a goal when I was on the pitch. So it was like it was it was an amazing moment. And I think the game felt as though it passed me by so quickly because I was only on the pitch for a half an hour. But it was something where it was the first moment of me thinking, this is, this is what I dreamt of my whole life. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And... It literally just, it, it was from that moment I was like, football is 100% for me because everything went so well. And I just, as I said, I loved every minute of it. Yeah, I was in the away end that day and there was a, a lot of surprise when you came off the benches. I think you must have been 16 at the time, but then there was so much positivity from you, um, for you, especially I remember the clearance off the line. And I think it was John Eustace that scored the, the goal as you were on the pitch. And I thought you really, it almost seemed like Derby had a young team and it, 
seemed like you had the world at your, your feet in that point in terms of like growing that football career. But then because of obviously the problems you had with your heart and then the, the cruciate knee problems you had as well, um, it was a bit of a stop-start time at Derby. Um, but how did you feel when Nigel Clough gave you that, he sort of showed his faith and gave you a four-year four contract in 2011? Yeah, look, look I, it was something that I didn't really expect to get. I didn't know if it was ever going to happen. But when somebody shows their faith in you like that, when you know you're going through open-heart surgery, getting told from a doctor, you'll probably never play football again, getting told that if you don't have the operation done, you're going to die. And you have a manager that's willing to put his neck on the line and offer you that four and a half year deal. It just made me more determined to get back playing for him. It made me want to get back playing for Derby. And I said it, I said it years ago in an interview I done in the whole build up to it all was I didn't care if I was back for the under 18s reserves or the force team. I said to get back playing with a Derby short on, I said would have just made me happy because they showed a lot of faith in me. And I think that little small show of faith that someone could back you through such difficult times just makes you want to play for that for that manager. And I think that's what spurred me on to to not want to give up, to not want to give in to everything that went on. And again, like that that kind of level of, of loyalty from a manager sometimes is hard to find in this day and age with football. When you did have the operation, uh you, you actually got quite a lot of support from some of the Irish Derby boys at the time, didn't you? Did who really did rally around you and uh, and helped you through that difficult time when you were recovering? Yeah, because there, there was there was Jeff Hendrick, there was Graham Kelly, there was Ryan Connolly, Paul Lawless, and people like that in in the academy at the same time as me. And like they came to visit me in the hospital. Um, I had a, a get well soon card signed by all the force team players, and there was just there was a lot of support by Derby as a club, and and that it is something where the club is very close to me heart and like I know to say pardon the pun but it is a club very close to me heart like I do hold them very close to me because without that club I wouldn't be in this position now I wouldn't have had a career I wouldn't have been able to get back fit if they didn't show the loyalty in me and, and the faith in me to get back playing if I didn't get given me debut at the age of 16 well maybe me decision for the operation might have been different because I never knew what force team football was like so there's so many different questions up in the air. But again, I just believe that Derby was the beginning of a lot for me, but also it, it played a massive part in why I have a football career and that to be the club for it. Like I said, I've, I've always, I've owed my life to the club. Hi, I'm Dean Sturridge. Hi, I'm Paul Pesky Solido. Hi, I'm Curtis Davis, and you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Watch. Inside right position, 10 yards from the box. Larson and Asanovic over it. Larson takes it right foot. He bears It's in! What a shot! 27 yards, and Peter Schmeichel never so melted. Top right hand corner. Jakob Larson bursts the net. What a shot! Schmeichel, the best goalkeeper in the world, waved it goodbye. He's straight in the back of the net and Proud United are a goal down with 24 and a half minutes gone. The scorer, Jakob Lawson. Mark, you spoke so nicely about Nigel Clough um, in terms of the support that he gave you. But um, who were the players that you learned the most from in the dressing room and uh, when you were such a young player coming into that quite experienced dressing room? Uh, there was there was a good few people. I think um, Robbie Savage always stuck out for me because he was someone who got his arm around me when I needed it, um, bantered me a lot when uh, I didn't need it. 
but he was he was someone who was actually as a as as a club captain as he was, he was someone who was brilliant. He um like I said, he he, he showed you the right way. Um and like every time I did something well on the pitch, he was the first one to come over with his arm around me. Every time like something went really well, he's the first one to be there to say well done and keep going. After the game, he's walking me around the stadium, like pointing out my parents and getting me to wave up to them. Like he, he was just he he was brilliant for me. And I think as as my time went on at Derby, like there was people like Sean Barker, there was people like Jake Buxton's, Richard Keogh's, Jason Shackles, who I played alongside. So all of these people are unbelievable defenders. Zach Whitbread, another one, who he was on the fringes as as uh, under Steve McLaren, and all of these people, I was just learning off every last one of them because I could all see a bit of myself in in all of them, like what they were a complete player in, and they were so good at 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 defending, and they all enjoyed defending, and they had all similar characteristics to myself that I just looked at them and I just learned a lot from them from how they like held themselves around the place how they were with their mannerisms how they were as people and again like people like Sean Barker was someone where I when I was going through my injuries he was going through an injury and he was there for me and helping me and even through his tough time so I was lucky with the people I had around me in that squad and the older people in the in certain squads that like it, it's it's invaluable what what people like that can bring to a team and they just showed that that worth their weight and gold for the people that they are and they showed me like certain ways to be and how to hold yourself as a professional and what the do's and don'ts are and how training should be trained every single day with the intensities and, and how you should be and then around the place so yeah I, I was quite lucky so like to say the least those names that I've named are, are people that always stick out for me. So the uh, after Derby, of course, there was the uh, the late, as we mentioned, 89th minute winner for Newport County against Notts County on the final day of the 16-17 season to keep Newport County in the league. I'm sure I read uh, that at one point in that season, Newport were 11 points adrift, um, but your goal kept them in the league. Let's remind ourselves of exactly what happened. Great bit of technique that Mark bringing it down on the chest and then volleying it in. Great stuff. I've seen that goal yeah, many a time. <laughs> Literally, I only did it in training the day before, and everyone and everybody thought that I wasted that moment. So it was actually a, uh, it was something where the manager, like I remember the day before we were playing two touch me and one of the other lads, and I ended up doing a putting her into the corner. And he said, "What did you do that for? You just wasted that. Why didn't you just? Why can't you do that tomorrow?" And then when it happened, it was just pure instinct. And I never, and I don't even know where the instinct came from because I remember when I got on the phone afterwards, and like people back home, and I remember I was on the phone to my dad, and I said to him, "Wait until you see me go later on. You won't even believe it's me. Wait until you see it." And then everybody just, as I said, the whole place, um, 
the whole place, even back home in Ireland, just went up into went into a massive party. How many times you watched that back? I'd say whatever it says on that video, how many views there is, I think I'm all of them. <laughs> There's 16,000. You reckon you're about at least 15,500 of those? Oh, yeah, I'd say I'm about 15,500 times <laughs> watching that. Like, it's it's something that I'll just never get bored of. Like, it's easy, it's easy, but it's like the significance behind that goal. There was so much more to it because of the season I had with Luton previous. It was the, the reasoning why I was at Newport. And then the whole kind of comeback from being 11 points adrift in March to go nearly with 12 games left and 11 points adrift. I think we won eight or nine. We drew two and or we, we drew one, lost two. And it, it was just like some crazy numbers that everything was stacked against you to go down. And the fact that you didn't. And for that being my first ever EFL goal, like there was just so much to it that even still to this day, like there's some people that always say like that, they, they, some of the people who work in the community, some people who work in the academy all say that if it wasn't for that goal, they would have all lost their jobs because the club would have struggled financially and then the club could have went bust and people started losing their jobs. So I never knew that the significance of that goal until later down the line. So there's just so much to it that I'm just delighted that that one moment fell to me. And if I had fallen to anybody, it would have been great. But I think for the career that I had, and for the, the tough look that I had at Luton and how I was treated, I just think that that moment was meant for me. And, and it was kind of a, look, I'm back again. Like, this is my one moment that I've wanted for that I never gave up for. And and and, and that's why it's fallen for me. So just thankfully enough, it went in. It didn't go over the bar. And the book, of course, is called uh, A Game of Two Hearts, uh, available on uh, all good book retailers and all the bad ones as well which i feel is something you have to say in these <laughs> situations um but look last final question from us mark it's been so great to talk to you your story as i said at the top is unique you have faced things that almost no other professional footballer has faced what would be your message to young people young footballers who do face difficult circumstances or anyone struggling with like struggling to overcome a challenge which could potentially like overwhelm overwhelm them and could be affecting their life i think the only advice that i've ever thought about giving to people and i can only judge it off how i dealt with things is you just don't give up i think if you think speaking out is weak and you think giving in and asking for help is weak it's it's the complete opposite. It's the strongest thing you can do. So I think it's the fact of you don't give up on your situation, no matter what it makes you feel and no matter how you feel about it. It's about tell a friend, tell a stranger, talk to somebody and offer saying that you are struggling. And I think when you do that and you seek that out, that's your first step of not giving up. And you just, you, you tire out every last little bit of, avenue that you may find yourself in and I've always said that for myself through injuries that I've had through the life situations that I've had I've always given myself the reason of saying okay just one more day because one more day might be that day that everything just changes that everything gets better and that one more day might just be well you know what I don't want to sit in regret so I'm going to give it that one more day and, and maybe tomorrow things could get better and it's about it just appreciate the small things like it, when you start appreciating the small things because I've had to strip my whole life back. And my small things to appreciate is the fact that I got up in the morning, the fact that I'm actually awake, the fact that I can still be involved in football, all of them little small things that I used to overlook make my days so much better. Because 
anything else that comes along with that is great. But if it doesn't, at least I've done all these small things that make me appreciate a lot more and be grateful. But I, I think it's always just a matter of don't like whatever situation you find yourself in, whether it is football or whether it's work or whether it's anything to do with your life, you always find that one extra day to say, I'm just not going to give up. Because then that one next day after that might be that slight bit better. That one little conversation you might have with a friend might just give you a different perspective. That one little bit of help that you ask for might just be the turning point for you to get back bigger, better and stronger. To make sure you get tickets for the uh, Q&A with Mark, make sure you buy the book, A Game of Two Hearts. Mark O'Brien, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining us tonight. No, thanks very much for having me.